let's pray. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We worship you. We honor you. We extol you. We just declare you are a great, great God. And we thank you that you are always working things for our good. Lord, you said that even when we make our bed in hell, that you would come and get us. And so we thank you that you are always willing to rescue us. And I thank you that we have hearts that allow ourselves to be rescued. Mm. I thank you for Jesus because of Jesus. We have this right to stand over the power of the enemy, to walk in victory and dominion in every area of our lives. I thank you for the Holy Spirit because you lead us into all truth and you show us what's in the heart of the Father for us. So today we pray that we would walk in revelation knowledge, that this would not just be intellectual for us. This would not just be an emotional teaching for us, but this teaching today, mm -hmm. it would shift us into a new place of revelation where we would stand firmly on the fact that through your right hand, we are able to overcome all of the power of the enemy and walk in victory in every area of our life. And we thank you for it in advance in Jesus name. In amen. Jesus name. Amen. 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 Listen, amen. I'm excited about this teaching series. I'm excited about the teaching series because it goes hand in hand with what God has been saying to us. And it's interesting because, you know, we say all the time that whatever you focus on gets magnified in your life. Mm -hmm. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been reading from the foundational scripture, from the prophetic word that the Lord gave us. And in that, uh, you know, we've been we've been making the we've been making the, we've been holding on to our mantra that we are blessed that we are ready and that we win. And, and in doing that, we was like, how do we do that? And we kept reading because our hand was gonna be in God's hand. And so of course, you know me, I've got, okay, we keep hearing this word. So I, I went to look and there are at least 49 times in the Old Testament that we find out about God's right hand doing something for his children or those whom he, he was connected to. And 15 times we find it in the New Testament. And so as I'm studying, as I'm reading, you know, uh, and, and we're talking about how do we need to set the foundation for this year? You know, one of the things you said was that this is our year of great progress. And so if you believe that, I need you to go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say, this is my year of great progress. This is my year. I'm not going to be where I am today. On December 31st of 2022. Amen. No way. In fact, I'm not going to be here July 1. No way. <laughs> this is, we're, we're progressing. I won't every, be here February 1st. Every day is a day to progress, yes. right? And, we, and we're going to have weekly goals. And we're going to have monthly goals. And we're going to have quarterly goals. We're going to have mid-year goals. And we're going to have end-of-the-year goals. Because we know that if God says it's time to progress, then, then he's cleared the path for us to do that. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love and that. So, but I, I want to say this, though, because I think this is important because I think this shares something. You shared something. You shared a key with people that if they pay attention to it, it will help them mm -hmm. grow. I know what you're about to say. Now, you say it, that when in one of the phrases that stood out to you yep. was God's right hand. Mm -hmm. So what you then did was went and searched about God's right hand. I read every 49 of them. You read all of the <laughs> I scriptures to know what he was, about I God's to know. right hand. That's right. And what I see happen sometimes for believers mm -hmm. is that there is a phrase that's going to be important on the test. Mm. It's going to be important on life's mm. test. 
But what they do is that they try to get the cliff note version mm-hmm. of it as opposed to saying, all right, now Pastor Elwin for four weeks, three weeks now has been talking to me about God's right hand. I need to study God's right hand. I'm not going to wait till Sunday to see what him and mm-hmm. Pastor Sean tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait till Wednesday to I'm see, see what, what Ralph said. I'm going to see what he has yeah. to say to me. Yeah. So for those of you who missed that, When you see something coming up, if you see something coming up, God's right hand, restoration, love, you don't just wait till you come to church to get the pieces. You get to dig in yourself. Why? This is why it's so important. He says, because if you get hungry and thirsty, he'll feel you. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we see people in church who live at different levels of being filled, Mm -hmm. being satiated, being satisfied is because there are some people who are just waiting to be spoon fed. And then there are other people who are willing to do the growing and the digging work for themselves. So just like you read all 49 scriptures, right? I didn't read all 49, but I did read like 20. Now I'm like this week, I'm reading all 49 of them, right? You need to read the scriptures and you need to know so you can grow too, because here should be your heart. Your heart should be, if we never say anything else about God's right hand, you're going to know about God's right hand because you're still going to be living your life and need to be able to know how to utilize God's right hand for your family, for your career, for your health. So I just, when you said that, I thought, man, that's a good thing. People need to know that. Yeah. You know, that's just like this week and we'll jump back into this, but that's like this week when you said one of the things that came out for you this week in the prophetic word was the word don't panic. You were talking about don't panic. Well, don't don't panic may not mean something for someone else, but if it means something for you, you ought to study it. You ought to figure out, okay, where are all the places where God told his people not to panic? And then what was his promise for those who didn't? It's just how you live. When you get a word from God for your life, you got to dig in and find out what it is for you. And that's so good because you have to learn to see what Holy Spirit is illuminating to you because probably seven times last week, I heard your voice in the prophecy say, don't panic. So then I would go look at a scripture. I would recall a scripture that says, whatever whatever is making you feel like you need to go faster, you need to panic, it's not true because you already have a word not to panic. Yeah, yeah. So you just got to be a lover of the word like that. You have to be a lover of the word. And so that's why I'm excited about this series, because here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the power of the right hand of God. And I'm telling you, when you begin to read and study, you find out that there are so many promises connected with God's right hand. And so I knew in, in, in just what I read some things on this week, there was no way we were going to get to the main three. I synthesized it down to three. There was no way we was getting to the main three. So I, I developed the message with the idea that we would only talk about point one. <laughs> and we'll see how far we even get with just point one. But I want to share with you, though, that over the next several weeks, and this is why you need to set your um, alerts, set your notices Listen, if you have to miss, if you have to miss, not because you want to miss, if you have to miss, go back and watch the replay, because here are the three things we're going to be talking about. Here are the three things we're going to be talking about when it comes to the power of the of, of the right hand of God, okay, over the next several weeks. Number one, what we're going to talk about today is that the right hand of God, it dashes or shatters the enemy to pieces. The right hand of God, it, you, when your hand is in God's hand and you get attacked, it's like when he told Jehoshaphat, stand down. You have no need to fight in this battle. This one belongs to me. So when you understand 
what it means to put your hand in God's hand, you will get to see that the right hand of God dashes or shatters your enemies to pieces. The second thing we'll talk about next week is how the right hand of God swallows up our problems. The right hand of God swallows up our problems. I don't know, but but I was reading this and I just got excited because there are some problems, if we're honest, we don't have the financial resources, the connections, or the intellect to solve. But if I put my hand in God's hand, there's not a problem that comes in my life that is too big for God. And then on the last week, we'll talk about God's right hand, how it upholds us when everything else around us fails. When the economy fails, when family fails, when our intellect fails, when our resources fail, even when our best intentions fail, God will still hold us up. Even when we make mistakes, and we'll talk about this in week three, and I'll show you examples of how when people made mistakes, that God still upheld them. Because their hand was always in God's hands and their heart was to please God. And so what we're going to do is... No, no, no. Say that again. Because why? Their hand was in God's hand and it was their heart's desire to please God. So even when they made the mistake, God was still holding them up. And I'm telling you, that's that's why we don't have to be perfect. But our, our intention needs to be perfect. My intention to please God. I shouldn't be wondering how much I can get away with. My intention to please God should be perfect so that even when I miss it, he knows my heart and he still holds me. You know, it's so good. It, like, I'm super excited. I'm going to read the foundational scripture. But I love messages like this because to me, these messages are not just about all the stuff God does. Mm-hmm. To me, these become messages of self-reflection mm-hmm. that I can ask the Holy Spirit to deal with me about me. And I think people will see that as we get into the message board, they'll understand, oh, this is what Pastor Sean's mean when she says I need to be self-reflective. Because every message, you ought to be self-reflective. Even if even if somebody says you're going to be the next millionaire, you ought to be self-reflective about the word, not just excited about the word. Oh, that's really good. And so I think it's important as we get into this, what there is a tendency when we begin to read scriptures like this to begin to immediately go into what God is going to do for us against someone else. If we have an enemy, if we have a difficult coworker, if we have an ex spouse or baby daddy that hasn't treated us well. But for me, it's always, do I actually sit in the qualifications of this to be able to have God's right hand work on my behalf? Mm-hmm. So like when we look at the foundational scripture, it says in Isaiah 41, 10 and 13, it says, do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Mm. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, a hand of power, a hand of victory, and a hand of salvation. For the Lord, your God, for I, the Lord, your God, keep hold of your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Mm. So when I read this scripture, here is what I hear. Sean, if you will let me hold your hand, you have nothing to fear. Mm. If you will let me lead you, I will help you. Mm. If you will let me strengthen you, I will help you. So I hear God saying to me, Sean, you can take my right hand, but the requirement is that I actually take his right hand. Because if I don't take his right hand, he's trying to pull me this way because my help is over here, but I'm over here doing my own thing, wondering why 
there is no help, mm. right? I have to let God be God Amen. in my life. Amen. This scripture, if I want to live a life where I'm not afraid, where I am strengthened, where I receive help, I must let I must. God be God in my life. Put that in the comments. Say, you got to let God, God. You have to let God, God, right? I must let God, God, right? So we don't want, we, we want to live a life where we're not in fear. We want to live a life where we're strengthened. We want to live a life where we see his hand yes. of justice, his power, his victory, and his salvation. Then let God be God in your life. It's why he asked his disciples one time. He said, why, why he, all the people who was following him, he said, why call me Lord? But then what? Don't do not, not do, do not what why, I say. Not do what I say, do. Don't call me Lord, but then don't do what I say. He says, don't say that your hand is in my hand, but when I'm going left, you're trying to pull right. He says, oh, I'm following you. It's uh, like a, it's like a parent and a child. If, if if your hand is in your child's hand, you are even though y'all walking together, the adult is leading. He says, let me be the adult in your life. Because God is the adult. the adult. Let, let him be, be the, the adult, adult in, in your life. life. That's so good. And so we're talking about the power of God's right hand. And so this, this morning, so we want to use uh, as our opening scripture. That's our foundational scripture. You can go. You can read those. That uh, prophetic word is on our website and on the Facebook page. But here's our scripture for this morning. We're going to use two scriptures this morning. Psalms 98, 1 and 2. And then we're going to read a little bit in Exodus. We're going to read a little bit. But let's look at Psalms 98, 1 and 2. It says, oh, sing unto the Lord. What? A, a new, new song. song. So before I even finish reading, I want you to go ahead and put in the comment section, say, it's time to sing a new song. It's time to sing a new song. What do you mean, Pastor Edward? I mean, if you've been saying, I can't get a new job. If you've been saying, oh, I don't know how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. Oh, the doctor's report is bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. It is time for you to sing a new, song. a new song. It says, oh, sing a new song. It says, for he has done marvelous things. He being God has done marvelous things. How? It says his right hand and his holy arm have gotten him the victory. Now, I love this. He didn't say it got us the victory. He says that God's right hand and God's holy arm got God the victory. Well, Pastor Edwin, how do I get the victory? By having your, your hand, hand in God's hand, hand. right? And, and it was it was like revelation for me. It was like, wait a minute, I'm out here trying to win, but that's the wrong that's the wrong um, um, mentality. mentality to have. I ain't out here trying to win. I'm out here making sure my hands in God's hand because the Bible says that God does marvelous things in His own right hand and by His own holy, holy arm, and that's how He gets the victory. So if He gets the victory. And my hand is in his hand. That's how I get the victory. Well, if you think about it, we sing a song. Victory belongs to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So where, if I want to live a life of perpetual victory. But people think they think come that on. just meaning that he got up out the grave. And because he got up at the grave, now I can be saved and now I don't have to go to hell. They don't understand. That's an all encompassing song that says Jesus has the victory. In other words, if he has it and I have him, I have the victory. So. If Jesus has the victory, I don't have to chase victory. I don't. I just rock with Jesus. I just, with I Jesus. just keep my hand in his that's hand. That's why this is the year of, of great, great progress. progress. But that's what Matthew 6 and 33 yes. says. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yes. 
all of these things will be added unto you. If you really think about it, God is so mindful of us, so right? Mindful. There's one of the names of God, I believe is El Shaddai, the many, or the one that's the many breasted mm -hmm. one, right? Where it says, basically, God says, if you hang with me, yep. you will have everything you need. Mm -hmm. You will have victory. You will have justice. You will have salvation. You will have peace. But it doesn't come just because you accept Jesus. Mm -hmm. It comes because you accept Jesus and then you hang with God. In other words, you let him be Lord. You let him be Lord. So let's look at this. Lord. Verse two, verse two. It says, the Lord hath made known his salvation. Come that on. word salvation, it means deliverance. The Lord has made known his deliverance. His righteousness hath he openly shown in the sight of the heathen. He says, listen, when your hand is in God's hand and then you know you're not out here chasing victory, victory belongs to you because it belongs to Jesus. He says, and then God, through his righteousness, will openly show that victory that you have through him and all the heathens and all the naysayers and all the haters and all the doubters and all the words we use, all those who seek to come against you. And what you will get to see is how God has has not started doing this. He's always done this. Yes. He's always been a God who has done this. Yeah. So let's take a look real quick. And if you have your Bible, that's fine. If you don't, they're going to put the scriptures on the screen. But I encourage you to write this scripture down so you can read it this week. And you can look at so much in here. It's Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 through 12. And in Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 through 12, it is literally the children of Israel singing a song uh, to Moses. They are really singing a new song. They're not singing a song of bondage. They're not singing a song of having to make uh, bricks without without straw. They're not. They're not. They're not singing a song about how Pharaoh was breaking their back and making them work and getting very little for somebody. It's time for a new song. <laughs> and so, in Exodus chapter fifteen, we see that this song is sung because after God parted the Red Sea. And after he had drowned Pharaoh and all the Egyptians in the Red Sea, Moses and the Israelites were celebrating the victory that they had through God's working, through God's hand. In two of the stanzas of the song, specifically in verse 6 and in verse 12, they sing about the right hand of God. When the right hand of God goes to work on our behalf, we always have a reason to sing. God begins this year for Fellowship of Champions, all of his partners, by saying, hey, look here. Here's what you need to know. I am the Lord your God. Keep I keep hold of your right hand. But you got to put your hand in my hand. And if your hand is in my hand and I keep hold of your right hand, there are going to be victories. In fact, the word says that when the victories start to pile up, praise God. He says, remember, you didn't do this yourself. You did not do this yourself. He said, these victories come because there's victory in my right hand and there's victory in my Glory holy arm. God. Amen. Glory and so let's read Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 through 12. It says, then sang Moses and the children of Israel. They sung this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. He says, the Lord is my strength and song. For he has become my salvation or my deliverer. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation, a place to dwell. My father's God and I will exalt him. Verse three says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He says, Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. 
his chosen captains are also drowned in the sea. In other words, the enemy can send his best at you. He can send his very elect at you. But when your hand is in God's hand, even the best who come against you will drown. Now, and I know that means you don't want to be Pharaoh in somebody else's life. Amen. You don't want to be Pharaoh. So, so, so we're talking about this, Amen. but I keep reminding you don't want to be Pharaoh in, in, by, by going against what God has told you to do. It says, verse five, the depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. I love verse six. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. This is our 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 our, our um, thesis for this morning. We're going to watch and see how when we place our hand in the hand of God, how he dashes the enemy in pieces. It's verse 7 says, In the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heap, and depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. It says, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them, and I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. It says, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Love verse 12, thy outstretched hand, thy right hand, the earth swallowed them up. Now, this is a song. they We read it, but this is a song they are singing while they are on the banks after God has just delivered them from one of the most powerful armies they ever knew existed. That, that Pharaoh sent his best chariots. He sent his best captains. He sent everybody he had to get them and bring them back into bondage. But when they were helpless, they followed God's direction. He said, Moses, stretch out that staff. And he stretched out. The, and the Bible says they went over on dry ground. And I love that because anybody who knows how water and dirt works, it should have been mud. That mud should have bogged them down. But the Bible says that the wind blew and that it My literally God. dried out the ground, that they walked over on dry ground. In other words, they went over with ease. The Bible says that they stood on the banks, Jesus. millions of people watching as Pharaoh's army was coming across. It says, and when one breath, he closed the sea and drowned them all. He closed the sea and drowned them all. I don't know about anybody else, but when I read this, I'm like, why would I want to put my hand anywhere else? I don't know. Why would I want to put my hand anywhere know. else except in the hand of the Lord? You ought to declare this this morning and say, my hand belongs to God. My hand, My hand belongs to God. to God. My hand belongs to God. Amen. You know, God is, listen, you, I think Glory that is to God. worthy of taking 13 <laughs> seconds of praise. This is the kind of God, God we serve. Yes. He says, listen, that's why the scripture says when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard against, against him. him. When the enemy comes in, he comes to steal your peace. He comes to steal yes. your money. He comes to steal your mind. The Bible says that the Lord becomes a flood against mm -hmm. him. I don't want to be on anybody's side no. but the Lord's side. Nobody. Nobody's side. Nothing and nobody is worth me 
taking my hand out of God's hand. Nobody. Nothing and nobody. No, nothing and nobody. There's not a dream. There's not a person. There is nothing that is worth me taking my hand out of God's hand. Mm. And as we get more and more into this teaching, you're going to see why the enemy works yeah. to get yeah. you to take your yeah. hand out of God's hand. Absolutely. Because you can be a believer on your way to heaven yeah. and still be getting the hell beat out of you Absolutely. by the devil every single day because of where you have positioned your hand. And how do we know that's true? Because the children of Israel were God's people even when they was in bondage. Even when they was God's even when they even was in, when they, even when they Think was in about bondage. it. These same people right yep. here, right? Yep. Who just saw, saw God do this great demonstration. Yep. Yep. You're going to read about them in a few more chapters yep. and they're going to spend years yep. walking in the wilderness because they forgot who this God was right here. They'll begin to ask themselves the question, would, would we have not rather been in Egypt than to be, would we not have rather been back in bondage than to be here? Because they forgot who, who they forgot the hand that delivered them. They forgot the hand that delivered them. Tell your neighbor, say, do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget, do not the forget. hand that delivers the you. Hand that delivers Man, you. this is so good because God is still doing powerful things through his right hand. Absolutely. This morning, we're going to explore what God did and how we too can experience the marvelous and miraculous through his mighty hand of power. But listen, I want you to give God some praise right Glory now. To I God. want you to think about Glory all the victories God. God has given you. Amen. And I want you to see that God has made his strength available for those who will Glory. stay connected to his right Hey, there is going to be supernatural protection, yes. divine yes. protection, divine interference. Literally, I, I just love it because when you walk with God, there will literally be people who are plotting against you and they will eat the fruit of their My own God. plot. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. But you don't even have to respect bond to people who are trying to come against you when you walk with God because they're going to eat the fruit of their own plot. Mm, amen. amen. So today, what's our big point? Our big point today is that the right hand of God yes. dashes and shatters the enemy to pieces. Amen. It it, it it dashes, it shatters, it it, and I like I like when he says it sends it to pieces. In other words, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be resurrected against you. The things that we allow God to take care of, they are one and done. They are one and done. They don't come back in our life again unless we go out seeking those things and get them back. And get right. them back. But yes. when God delivers, it's one and done because we don't read where Pharaoh's army came about to see. Right. We don't read where they crawled to the other side. We don't read where even one survived. He got rid of the entire army that went after them. Now, here's the thing. If you don't understand who Pharaoh is, if you don't understand what he represents, if you don't understand what he does, then you really won't appreciate the mighty deliverance that God gave the Israelites that led to their singing. The right hand of God is glorious in power because you got to understand if you're between and they were literally between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. They were they, they were for real between a rock and a hard place. They had Pharaoh's army at their six. And they had uh, the Red Sea at their 12. They couldn't and go left on the and, side. and mountains over, but they couldn't go left and they couldn't go right. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And some of them had to be wondering, did God lead us out here to kill us like this? Mm. But the Bible says that literally he gave Moses an instruction. That's why obedience is so important. Yes. Moses followed that instruction. 
And when he followed that instruction, the Bible says that all 2.3 million of them went across on dry land and then God wiped out Pharaoh's army. And, and, and not to mention, we don't, we, don't, we don't talk about this, but when they went out, they went out with a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of gold, a whole lot of silver, a whole lot of ornate things that they had that the Egyptians had given them just to get out because they wanted the plague to stop. Why do I say that? Because when God takes us over, he never takes us over empty-handed. And they went out without any sick among without them. Without any sick among so them. So we see that God's deliverance plan is a deliverance that yes. deals with the whole man. That he wants you to have financial provision. He wants you to be physically yes. whole. And he wants you to be free from every form of bondage. Absolutely. Say, it is the will of God for me to be free from every form of bondage. It is it's the, the will, will of God. God. For Edwin Strickland, for Sean Strickland, to be free to from be free. Every, every form of bondage. Every form of bondage. Listen, just as God shattered to pieces Pharaoh and the Egyptians, God is still using his right hand to smash every Pharaoh in our life. Yes. Every Pharaoh that we encounter, God is still using his right hand to smash those enemies to pieces if we will keep our hand in his. For us today, Pharaoh is not necessarily a king or a president or someone in a powerful position uh, in our nation, but Pharaoh for us today is symbolic, really, of the enemy. Yes. Pharaoh is symbolic of every dark force, of every power, of every agent, of every uh, imp and satanic being that seeks to cause us to stall out on following God. Jesus. Go ahead and type this in the comments. Say, I will not stall out on following God. I, I, I won't get weary. I, I won't give up. I won't say things like it, it don't take all that or, or maybe this ain't working or this just too much. No, no, no. I will not stall out on following God. Amen. Amen. The first thing we see about Pharaoh in Exodus chapter one, verse seven through 10, which I believe applies to the enemy, right? Is that we see that the enemy understands maybe more than we do. I hope not, but maybe more than we do that we are capable of doing far more than what we're currently doing. Come on. That, that we are infinitely more powerful than what we know. That we are capable of doing mighty things through God. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to devise a plan to keep you and I from being who God wants us to be. Absolutely. And, and, and I use this word Pharaoh, but you got to ask the question, what's the Pharaoh in my life? What is the Pharaoh in my life? What is the thing in my life that I need to identify that is keeping me from being all that God wants. Where is it? Where is the area in my life that I struggle about keeping my hand in God's hand? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a friend? Is it a family? Is it a job? Is it is 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 it, is it my own will? What is keeping me from keeping my hand That's in good. God's hand? That's good. Because see, That's understand, good. Pharaoh acknowledged that the Israelites were mightier and more powerful than the Egyptians. He knew that. And then in the event of a war, and for our case, in the event of spiritual battles that we have, the enemy knows that we will prevail over him and we will escape his grip if our hand is in God's right hand. It's the reason that it's the reason we see early on the enemy comes to Eve. And he says to Eve something over oh, so so trivial. If you think about it, it really was something so trivial. He says, Well, why can't you eat that? She said, Well, God says not to. He says, oh, well, 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 God just told you not to eat that because he don't want you to be like him. That, that, that's why. 
And then in her mind, she began to think, well, wait, is he keeping something from me? Is he keeping something from me? The enemy has no new tricks. He is saying to you, you, you well, why are you listening to Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean? They, we're trying to keep you from something. We are from sickness, from disease, from defeat, from lack, from hurt, from bond, from, from, from premature death. But, but the enemy wants you to have that self-doubt. He wants you to have that thing that says, what is God keeping from me? And you know that that is his plot. Mm. Because if we look at relationships with parents and kids, mm -hmm. at some point, the whisper you have is that your parents won't let you do something mm -hmm. because they want to keep good from you. Even though they fed you, they've clothed you, They've sacrificed for you. They've gone above and beyond. But now they one thing, and this is how it is. Got to do 50 things. Come, Come on. on. Got to do 50 things for you. And then tell you not to date that girl. That one person. And now God is trying to keep something good for you. So you remove your hand. Over one thing when he kept you through fear. Tell you to come out that club. My God. Tell you not to take that My job. God. Tell you not to move that city to that city. And I've then, had people ask me because we we, we 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 talked about, I guess, two times on the broadcast, and you mentioned about jobs I've turned down. And people have asked me, they said, Well, how have you turned down jobs? This is what they said two times last week. They said, How did you turn down jobs that would have been good for your family? It wouldn't have been good for my family because God said no. Take somebody take off running and that's the thing that's the thing we how, think did, how, did, how did you turn down a job that was going to pay you $250,000 base it, it, that would have been good for your family but it wouldn't have been because God said no and when God says no it is not good for you and, and, and that's the thing we have to remember that's how you can keep your hand in God's hand I don't care how much money you throw at me Honest to goodness, we laugh and we joke. But if you offer me a billion dollars and God said you can't have that, I don't want it. I don't want it if God says no, because there is nothing good on the other side of God's no. There is nothing good on the other <laughs> side not. of God's no. And here and here. No, I love what Nietzsche said. Obeying God is what's good for me and it my family. It is. is what's good for it me is. and my family. And here's what has happened to a lot of people. A lot of people touch what God told them not to touch. And they end now, up like hold on. <laughs> Well, because the Bible says that when you touch what God told you not to touch, you end up with the accursed thing mm. in your camp. Mm. Because that so, thing is accursed. Because that thing. It, so literally, you become it. a job can be a blessing for strict yep. and not be a blessing for me. Yep. Even though we're married, yep. because God told you to take it and yep. he told me not to touch Absolutely. it. So here's what many people do. Many believers cannot get full breakthrough because you have an accursed thing in your camp. Mm -hmm. You have something that God told you not to touch and you justified why you touched it. You brought it into your camp and that thing is now causing other things to die in your life. And you are asking Ooh. God to bless Ooh. what he ain't gonna never bless. Ooh. You need to hear it. Mm. He ain't gonna never bless mm. it. Now, just because it ain't rain and hailstorm through your roof doesn't mean God is pleased. And what happens My for people God. is that people, here's the thing you really need to understand. Whatever you say no to God to get, 
you got to keep saying no to keep. Ooh, say it again. Whatever, Whatever you, you say, say no, no to, to God to get, you got to keep saying no to God to keep. My goodness. And so what has happened for many believers is that the enemy uses mm. this idea that God is withholding good to us from us mm. to get us to justify our disobedience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We then invite a snake into our house. This is exactly what happens. We invite a snake into our house and then we ask God to bless it. Now, God loves us no matter how we live. Tell your neighbor, say, God loves you no matter how you yeah, live. Yeah, God loves you no matter God how no, you look, live. God loves you no matter how you live. But God is never going to bless a relationship he told you not to be in. Loving you does not exempt you from the consequences that have been established. Oh, say it again. Loving you does not exempt you from the consequences that have been established. Now, if this message is blessing you, put something in the comments because what we cannot raise up is a group of people who believe that the love of God excludes you from obedience and because God loves you, you can do whatever you want. Now, God will it's, respect it's, your choice. It's antithetical to, the, to what God, to God as a father. He says, if I don't, if I if I cease to chastise you, if I, if I cease to, 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 to from correcting you and from training you he said you're not even my son you're a bastard he says i i i can only i can only raise up sons and so you got to be able to you got to know that my love for you my correction of you my direction for you my instruction to you is a result of my love for you the love of god does not mean God says yes to everything we want. Oh, and that's what's wrong with this society. We right, that's uh, right. listen. We are we are moving to a society where if we can find ten people who say it's okay, then we say we got to accept. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. We don't have to accept anything that is not based on what God has said. Absolutely. But the enemy's job is to get us to do that because he know it weakens our power. It weakens our strength in the same way that the devil recognizes that every genuine believer is more powerful than every imp he could ever assign to us. He understands that he has to diminish our power by getting us to remove our hand from God. No, I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, because here's the thing. It's not just about what you think about yourself. Mm. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now. How do I act when you correct me? Mm. Mm. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how do I act when you tell me no? How do I get offended? Or do I just believe that you love me enough mm. to adjust? Ooh. Am I still three-year-old throwing temper tantrums? Am I still looking? When you tell me no, Holy Spirit, do I now go find 15 people or 500 people who will co-sign mm. the fact that you told me no? Mm. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. How do I act when you tell me no? Mm. How do I act? When you correct me, mm. because many of us as parents, we get tight in our chest. If our kids try to act funk, but what? You can become your own Pharaoh. You, what? You can become your oh. own Pharaoh. You become the Pharaoh in your life. So you bring in destruction into your own life. To your own life. And the only way to get destruction out of your life is to allow God to have a Red Sea experience over the stuff that you think you care so much about. Mm. 
So it's some things in your life that God want to put in the Red Sea. It's some stuff he want to sink to the bottom. It's some people in your so life. So you can sing put. a new song. So you, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you so, can sing a new song. So it's song. some people. It's some friends that should mm. be with you this leg of the it's journey. It's some thoughts you ought to get rid of. It's some, yeah. it's, some, it's some ways of behavior, some ideas and processes that you need to throw to the curb because you think they've been working for you, but they really have only been holding you up from living your best life because every time it gets tough, you take your hand out of God's hand. Ooh, because every time it gets tough, I take my hand mm. out of God's mm -hmm. hand. I go my own way, mm -hmm. end up in a bigger mess that I have to ask God to rescue me from. He's merciful. He rescues me. But the first time he tells me something else I don't want to do, I go back to that same immature behavior. But you know what? And I told somebody this one time. I said, you can keep making your bed in hell. God will keep coming and rescuing you. But you're going to keep enduring those scars. You're going to, and people, and it was like, I think it was a light bulb for them. They was like, you know what? Every time God rescued me, he does rescue me, but, but, but we're human beings. The scars are still there. The memories, the experiences are still there. You can avoid all that trauma. If you obey if you God. Just obey God. No, I, I was thinking about this and that's why I, I love what Chris, Pastor Chris says. She says, hell on earth don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So you can be on your way to heaven, but you live in hell. You, and I you can know, be on your way to heaven in a Cadillac and living like hell in a Pinto. <laughs> you know, and you, you hilarious. Know, you got that from Coach Church. I did. I know you got that from Coach Church. I'm like, listen, that's the Coach Church saying. And, 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 and that's why I said to you, when you told me we were going to talk about mm -hmm. this, the first thing I do when we, whenever we start talking about the strong hand of the Lord, the power of the Lord, I always go mm. to repentance first. Amen. I always go to repentance first because what happens for a lot of people mm -hmm. is that I made a post yesterday and this girl said, my ex-husband need to read this. No, you need to read mm. this because at the end of the day, many times we are so aware of what we think other people have done to us, but we are not aware that someone is praying come about on, our injury toward on, them in the same way we That's are praying right. about their injury That's toward right. us. Absolutely. So what I want to do is I want to make sure my actions on a day-to-day -day basis, they align with the heart of God. Why? Because when things start getting tossed in the Red Sea, I'm not trying to have no unnecessary bruises and bumps for consequences where I'm saying, because I think this I is- I don't want to be the one being broken and shattered into pieces because I am the one who is an enemy to the thing that God is doing. And the only way to avoid being an enemy to what God is doing is through obedience. As long as I'm obeying God, I can't be an enemy of God. So if I'm a born again believer mm. on my way to heaven, mm -hmm. but I live a lifestyle of disobedience, mm -hmm. I am an enemy mm -hmm. to what God is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you hear that? And he'll still love you. And he will still love you. Why you are suffering through the consequences but you will of what it means to be an enemy of God. Some might say preach. No, <laughs> preach. Preach. And what happens is that many times, here's a good example. Sometimes a woman will marry a man. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use women and you use whatever example you want to. A woman will marry a man, but she heard the Lord tell her not to marry him. Mm. She heard she had red flags, but she wanted this relationship to work. Mm. So now she's married. And she's going through hell in this relationship mm. and she's asking God to fix it. 
And he's like, I never told you to be there mm. because I knew he wasn't your person to begin with. Mm. These consequences, these are not just the mm. enemies against marriage. Mm. You are going through him talking to you like that. You are going through the fact that he don't come home at night. Uh. You are going through the fact that he talked bad to you, that he won't keep a job. You are going through that because you chose to take your hand out of my hand because you believe that when I said no, I was, I was against you. I was withholding something That's good right. from you. That's and it's, right. it's with friends, it's with jobs, it's with relationships, it's with every one of it's us. It's the job of the enemy. It's the job of the he enemy. wants us to stall out on God. That's right. That's what he does. He wants to wear us out with thinking that God is withholding something from us. And so he, because he knows, just like Pharaoh knew, mm -hmm. he knows that we are stronger Infinitely in Christ stronger. than he is. Absolutely. Okay. So what he does is that he gets us to covenant with him mm -hmm. in our disobedience. Because mm -hmm. understand that when I disobey God, I'm in covenant with the devil. Because when I dis, because you, the Bible says you're going to have a master. You're going to have a master. It's either going to be, and, and, and your master is the one you obey. Now it's either well, going to be on. God or it's going to be the enemy. But you will have a master. All right, saints. You're going to have a master. You will have a master. So he wants me to get in covenant through disobedience. Mm -hmm. So when I'm trying to kick something out of my life, it has the legal right to be there because of my disobedience. Because Beelzebub can't expel Beelzebub. Well, <laughs> a devil can't kick a devil out. So that's why he wants you to covenant with him. So when that devil shows up, you have no authority. You have no right. You have no standing in order to kick that thing out of your life. Which is why I say all the time. Your real God is whoever you consult before you obey God. Mm -hmm. Your real God is whoever you have to talk to to decide whether it's okay to obey God. Amen. Now, we are believing that we're going to see the right hand of God. Mm. So if we want to see the right hand of God, we have to understand that sometimes the right hand of God is going to separate us from the other things we are in relationship with. Amen. So that when the trouble comes, we are on the other side on dry land. Absolutely. So we want to say, okay, God, what is in my life that doesn't honor you what am I in covenant with? Because if as if I'm about to ask for your right hand to come in my life, I literally want to be walking across mm, on dry land. Right. I don't want to be taken over by the mm -hmm. sea, right? So we, we, you know, we're talking about Moses, but there's another story we talk about when we talk about we're, we talk about Mary, right? Um, in the same way that the devil recognizes that every believer, every genuine child of God is very powerful because God is with that child of God. God through his spirit dwells inside the child. Amen. So when this is, think about this, this is what Gabriel tells Mary in Luke 1 and 35. He says, the Holy Spirit mm. will come up on, on you, you and the power of the highest will overshadow the you. The power of the highest. So he says, here is the benefit. He says, when you, I the Holy that. Spirit, he's going to come up on mm -hmm. you and his power is going to overshadow the you. What do we know highest. about this? We know that the highest power, the power that is far above every other power, that even the power of the devil is designed to overshadow us. Mm -hmm. 
So that is the place you and I are supposed to live from. We are supposed to live from the place of being overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love when he says by the power of the highest, because when he says the power of the highest, he is in essence saying that anything else that comes against you is lower. He says the power of the highest is going to come up on you. When you have the power of the highest up on you, nothing can overcome you. It's why the Bible calls us conquerors. It's why we see words like we, we have we say words like world overcomers and world changers. Why? Because we have the power of the highest upon us when we are born again believers. And so there's no question or debate whose power is the highest. Mm. And so, so many times believers are like, well, if God's power is the highest, then why don't I see more victory in my life? Because the devil does have he power. Does. He just doesn't have the highest power. And, you, and we are not, if we're honest, we're not always operating in the highest, highest power. power. Right? So... Here is the goal. Obedience, Obedience keeps me in the highest power. I love it. It drives me in that direction. How, obedience keeps me connected to the highest power yes. source. And that is why the enemy wants to work so desperately yes. to get us to justify disobedience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the reason that the enemy wants you to know, wants you to say, it doesn't matter if you do this a little bit. It doesn't matter if you do this a little bit. Why? Because he wants to dilute or block the power that is available to you in your life. He wants to get us down on his level. He wants to get us down on his level. Why? Because on his level, he can defeat us. Uh, on his level, he wins. On his level, he wins. On his level, he wins. So obedience keeps me in a realm of power that is higher than all of the power of the it. evil I love one. It. So if I confess that I have power over the evil one, but I practice disobedience, I'm literally bringing myself down to a level that I never should live at. Mm. Tell your neighbor, say you should never be living there. You should never be. You living should there. never be living there. I love what Pastor Ralph said. He says, obedience keeps me on the proper playing field so that I always mm -hmm, win. Mm -hmm. My obedience, what's the play I should run? It's obedience. Yes. Obedient, when I don't know what to do, obey God. Mm -hmm. When I don't feel like it, obey God. When it seems like nobody else is, obey God. Why? Because if I obey God, I'm going to stay connected to the power source that can defeat every other power in my life. And as believers, we've got to know that. we got to know that we, we, are, know we are carrying that. this immense amount of power, even at times that we don't realize it. Yes. The enemy is always aware of it. Even when we're not, it is the reason he is always looking for opportunities to sow those seeds that will grow and that will and that will, will raise up and cause us to come down to his level. He understands that um, that if we abdicate the responsibility that God has given us to live at this level, the only other place is them. The only other place so is them. And he in his desire, he here's what I, I they used to teach us this all the time, and they would say it like this. The devil can't stop you from going to heaven. If you're born again, he can't stop you. He, he, he can't stop you. You've made the commitment. God has got you. You're born of an incorruptible seed. But what he can do is make you experience every amount of hell while you are still on this earth. He can torment you. He can make things so bad for you that you won't even want to be in this earth realm anymore. He, he'll, he'll make you want to take your life. 
Why? Because he's a terrorist and he knows he can't get to you. So all he has to do is to give you enough stuff to see if you will hold on to it and if you will fall down to his level. He can't pull us down. We have to go down there. My God. And if you even think about this, why does the the enemy tell somebody that they're nothing? Yeah. Why does he tell somebody that they aren't loved? He wants to frustrate that grace why, over Because our lives. he wants you to believe yes. something about yourself yes. that isn't true. Yes. He wants you to meditate yes. on that so you're willing to come down and allow him to steal, kill, and destroy mm -hmm. from you. But right? it won't be for us. But listen, there's a scripture in Job 5 and 12, mm -hmm. and it says, he disappointed the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. I love that. Now, I like it in the New Living Translation. It says, he frustrates the plans of schemers so mm. the work of their hands will not succeed. He frustrates the, the plans of schemers <laughs> so that the works of their hands will not succeed. Mm -hmm. So what Pastor Edwin and I are praying over you is that every place where you have been tormented, every place where you have been yes, frustrated, yes. that you will come into obedience where the so that the plan of the schemers, yes. their the work of their hands will not succeed against you. Yes. We are declaring that every curse, every plot, every plan to cut your life off prematurely, every assignment of sickness, every wrong relationship, every wrong friendship, that literally those plans would be frustrated and that literally the enemy that is plotting them mm. would eat the fruit of them. Mm. That's what we're praying for you. We frustrate the enemy this morning. Yes. We declare in the name of Jesus that he would be, that although he thinks he's crafty, nothing he tries will come and win against us because we're blessed we're ready and we're winning because our hand is it's in, in God's his hands and so that's what we're praying for Amen. you i was standing in the kitchen last night and i just was praying over the people of god all of our partners mm. and i was saying every place of bondage be every exposed place. yes every place of of, of of deception be exposed let everything that the enemy thought that he was going to do to stop you from living your god-given purpose let it come to nothing let it fall by the wayside. Let it become ashes in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you're receiving that, the way to make that happen is to live a life of obedience yes. and keep your hand in his hand. Absolutely. See, because see, Pharaoh, the enemy, he is against he is. the fulfillment of or mandate of God. Yes. I want you to hear he this. He is against it. The reason the enemy fights you over, and I want to say this, Every place where we're in disobedience is an identity crisis. Mm. Because when you know who you are, then there are certain things you don't do. Mm -hmm. And a great example would be this. People say they smoke because they're stressed. Mm -hmm. But that's because they identify as, as a, a smoker. smoker. That's right. Because no matter how stressed I get, you don't smoke. I don't smoke. Mm -hmm. So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to stop God's mandate for your life to come to pass. How does he do that? He does that by planning ideas, suggestions, and things, experiences in your life yep. that will make you see yourself a way that is against God. Absolutely. So literally, and this is not just sexual identity. No. This is literally God has told you that you are called to be the CEO of a company. 
but you can't see yourself beyond middle management. Because you're afraid that you couldn't make those decisions or no one would give you the opportunity or you don't have the, the, the background or you didn't come from the right school. Whatever excuses we make for why we can't trust and believe God. So then what the enemy does is that he wants to use our own thinking mm -hmm. and our own disobedience to get us to say no to what God has created mm -hmm. us for. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Absolutely. And so he says, so listen, hold on. It says, so Pharaoh, the enemy, he is against the fulfillment of the purpose or mandate of God. And you need to understand that whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has called me to do, it's bigger than us. Yeah. And one of the things he's called us all to do is to be fruitful, to be fruitful. He called us all to increase abundantly. Mm -hmm. He called us to multiply and to grow exceedingly in whatever he's put in our hand to do. He's called us all to do that. So when you are like the example you used about the CEO, if he called you to be the head of the company, but you won't go there, you're not fulfilling what God has called you to do. And how many other people are being negatively impacted yep. because you won't so now let's go you right back say yes to God. So let's go right back to this thing right here. When people say to you, how do you turn down a job that's good for your family? Mm -hmm. Because you understood that God had a plan that was good for your family and all the people you were supposed to, co that's to, right. to connect that's right. with, right? Yep. And that you could have taken that job and gotten the temporary satisfaction of whatever came from that, but you would have missed your mandate following after that and i just have you know i'm you know i'm coaching you also have, would get all the consequences baby coaching right <laughs> you would baby also coaching. get all the consequences of not obeying god so people think about oh well if i do it here's the good stuff i'm gonna get if god says no i can guarantee you it's some bad stuff attached to it otherwise he wouldn't say no so i don't play that it's funny because people don't know this past Ellen grew up Kojic and so he real petty on social media and people don't really know how Kojic he is but like the Kojic church is where I learned um, you got to be holy to see God and so <laughs> it's like one, the one thing that I really learned over there is that disobedience has consequences it does. and it's not because God is mad at no. you it is because it is because you are chosen the path of curse. If you put your hand on a hot stove and it gets burned, it ain't because God was mad. It's because the stove was hot. That is the consequence. Well, that is the consequence. And we need to stop assigning stuff to God that doesn't belong to God. God says, listen, I'll show you a way that you won't even dash your foot against the stone. He said, I'll assign angels to you that you'll be protected. So if you out there doing your own thing, you can't be mad when you get a consequence that was never intended for you had you not been out there. <laughs> oh no! It that's was never. Good. People suffer consequences that were never intended never for them. Intended for them, but it's only you only get it because you out there. You only get it. It's like this: if God says be home at ten o'clock, okay, it's a big, it's a, it's an exaggerated example, but you'll get it. God says be home at ten o'clock. Oh wait! Literally, literally, some of us have scars and wounds. Most of us from stuff. That never should have touched up. It's like if God says be home at 10 o'clock, but you say, oh, I want to be home at 11. But at 1030, all the wolves come out. And if you on your way home and you get bit by the wolf, it ain't God's fault. If you'd be in by 10, you, you'd have never got bit by the wolf. Shut up, boy. <laughs> Shut up. You'd have never, you're like, oh, God, let me get bit, get bit by a wolf. No, no, no. You got bit by a wolf because they were released at 1030. That's why he told you to be home at 10 obedience would have delivered you but your disobedience got your tail bit <laughs>
<laughs> is anybody else, no, is anybody else tripping? Glory on the to God. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I need to be in, I need some folks in the comments. Is are you the only person who really just felt the magnitude of things that you have endured that you never should have intended for you? They were never intended for you. They was never in those scars weren't yours. That trauma wasn't yours. You chose that because you picked it. You, you chose disobedience. On the other side of obedience is provision. On the other side of disobedience is consequences. I just got to say, like the kids would say, I'm shook it. <laughs> no, I'm shook. It's not that I don't know their consequences to disobedience. It is having this revelation. Nietzsche just said, not only would you have not gotten bit by the wolves, you wouldn't have seen you them. You would have never seen so them. So literally, there are people who got the opportunity to injure you who never would have got the opportunity to injure you if you hadn't been at the place to meet them. They never should have had access. They never should have had. They never should have had access. What's your cash? Because <laughs> I'm about to sell it to your life right now. Listen, the same no. way. No. <laughs> the same exact way. That the right hand of God smashed Pharaoh to pieces, the right hand of God is going to shatter to pieces every force of darkness that says God's plan and purpose for your life will not be fulfilled. I think if you will keep your hand in God's hand. I think you're trying to move on, but do you see the people? <laughs> the people is over here like me. Ceylon, this I'm moment right Ceylon. here. I'm no, because you be because those are the things Holy Spirit says to me when I go to Holy Spirit and open up my mouth and have the audacity to ask him why something happened to me. He's like, you shouldn't have been even, that, that wasn't intended for you. You shouldn't have even been out there. You talking to me about how you got injured with X, Y, and Z, but if you did A, B, and C, you wouldn't have even known X, Y, and Z existed. You chose that. Now, do you want me to heal you? Because I will, because I love you. Now, come on, son. Now, I don't, that's how he talks to me. <laughs> no, Chandra said, you can't drop the mic like that and keep going. You got to let people sit with this. His cash app is Money Street. I'm cash apping him right now. <laughs> Uh, right now, because I'm like, you know what? Listen, because this right hand of God teaching will help you to open up your mind to say, wait a minute, everybody else is not the problem. Everything externally is not the problem. If I can work I on me lay down on the floor. and my thinking and, and the way I do things, I can change. <laughs> I just, I do. I just want to lay down on the floor. Man, you read, we read, we went over these notes. But we didn't talk about that part. That, well, that part, just, that was Holy Spirit lead. Well, then let us deal with the Holy Spirit. Because in reality, I believe that word right there is going to change somebody's life. Yeah, amen. Because it what you're mine. going to realize is that right now, the bad stuff that is happening to you, it is because you have chosen disobedience. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to rebuke a devil that you invited into your life. Mm. You the, the, the devil is tormenting you in a no good friend, a no good partner, a no good job situation. But the Holy Ghost told you not to touch it. You decided to touch it anyway. And now some of you, this just set some people free because you're offended with God when you ought to be offended with yourself because it was your disobedient self that picked it. Mm -hmm. Child. You mad because the wolves got out. Child. But the wolves getting out would have had nothing to do with you if you didn't have that team. <laughs> if you'd have just obeyed God. Child. <laughs>
Listen. No, the people here, and you can't stand it because you're such a teacher. You like, I don't say it. Like, the people here are like, hold on, let me get this. Let me get this. Let me get this. Why? Because right now what people need to be asking themselves is what do I have in my life that keeps beating the hell out of me mm -hmm. because I keep inviting it mm -hmm. back in? Mm -hmm. How do I, I, what cycles that are in my life because I keep practicing disobedience because I keep trying and you this is what I love about it I love it because if it's me I can change absolutely that's the power of this if, if it's me I can change mm -hmm. I can simply stop being so daggum disobedient mm -hmm. no it's like this if <laughs> pop says it's like when your parents told you when you were young not to touch the hot stove and you touched it anyway and got burned yeah, now who saying. then turns around and says my parents burned my hand your parents didn't burn your hand you burned your hand because of your disobedience burning so, your hand should have never been a consequence had you obeyed you you wouldn't know what a hot stove feels like we know what a hot stove feels like because we did something we were told not to do you know what heartbreak is because you went somewhere God told you not to go. Come on, let's. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what, no, no. <laughs> That's why you know what heartbreak is. You know, <laughs> you know heartbreak because you went somewhere. They got Sean said I'm gonna be at home at ten by now. From now on, from now on I'm gonna be at home at ten. My. And listen, I love what Debbie, what Aunt Deb said, because I can't just call it Debbie. That's Aunt Deb. She said, stubbornness will get you bit. Yeah. Stubbornness. Because it was the Bible says that stubbornness is as witchcraft. So, so so you participate in stubbornness makes you a devil. I told you I'm real high cozy today. Stubbornness, <laughs> you got to come back. <laughs> Stubbornness will make you a devil. And if you become the devil, then the consequences of being devilish follows you in your life. <laughs> Girl, when you come back on this screen, <laughs> it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I I'm ready to go home. We got a few more I minutes. I need to take a nap. <laughs> no, I we got a few more. No, but babe, I'm here. I need you to hear me. I'm hearing you. You need to pause. I'm pausing. You need to pause because stubbornness is as witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So when I am stubborn, I am operating like a witch. Mm -hmm. A witch is a devil. Mm -hmm. Which means when we start talking about these consequences that come on Pharaoh, I am actually praying for my own consequences because I think the devil is something outside of me, but I'm in, I, I am in covenant with the devil, mm -hmm. then wondering why things are happening to me. Indeed. Indeed. This is the exact just read this, this is no, the exact word. description. <laughs> it says for rebellion, it, uh, it is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. That's what he told Saul. I just want to know if it any is it anybody else who's sitting here looking back over your life and you can just say, I did it. Yeah. No, I did that. And some brandy it's actually very freeing to say I did it because because nobody else holds you hostage anymore. Yeah, I did it. Now, Brandy says, "What do you do when you realize 
when you realize that you've made the wrong turn, turn around. Turn around. You get to the next step of obedience. I, 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 I know this is going to sound crazy, but if you've ever seen the movie Frozen 2, yes. then the answer is to do the next right thing. You do the next right thing. Y'all go that, watch that, Frozen. That's, that's what you do. There's some revelation in Frozen 2. I'm a, I could do a whole teaching series, but let me tell you, in Frozen 2, she was asked the question, what do I do now? And the troll told her, you do the next right thing. So if I've been messing up, what do I do now, Pastor, to change it? I do the next right thing. What's the next right thing? The next time I hear God about anything, I obey him. It's the next right thing. And what do I do the next time? Obey him. And before you know it, you obey your way out of everything disobedience got you into. I love what Pastor Ralph says. He says the ownership of that behavior also lets us identify the source of the decision. So now I don't blame others. I deal with myself. Yeah. I deal with myself. And I like that he said, I deal with myself. I don't blame myself because blame doesn't do anything. I deal with myself. You don't get anything from blame. So I deal with it. That means I have some action steps. I have some some progress indicators to let me know how am I doing. Uh, I, I make sure that I am taming those things we talk about where I'm taming my thoughts, I'm taming my tongue, I'm taming my temperament, and I'm taming my team. Why? Because I'm holding all of those things accountable so the obedience becomes my key performance indicator in my life. Let me tell you why this is so important. You're so smart. I saw how fancy you said all of that, right? Okay. But let me tell you something. So in reality, here's what happens. Is that if I will do this and I deal with myself, right? Then I can experience restoration because all God wants is for me to be restored and come back anyway. He, once I repent, he's not looking to punish me. He's looking to bring me into safety so that I can live this victorious life. So I don't have to stay over here and try to figure it out. I can say, I did this and I want to come home. Mm -hmm. Okay, babe. No, I know, no, babe. no, no. It's, it's, you know, one of the things the Holy Spirit told me maybe three years ago is he said, I want to take you to a place that you've not been. He said, but you've got to become a subject matter, a subject matter expert about yourself. He said, and, and that's when I started this journey about, okay, if God is perfect, and I used to say this to you all the time, how can anybody be mad at God? God is perfect. If I got to be mad at anybody, what would I say? I got to be mad at who? Myself. So I had to become a subject matter expert about why I did what I did. I had to become deeply metacognitive. I got to think about why do I do the things that I do? They are not a result of God making me do them because he's given me free reign. Or so, even the devil. So, so, or even the devil. So, so when I don't obey God, why don't I obey God? When I don't obey God, why don't I obey and when, God? And when I was able to deal with that, when I did some 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 calls and analysis of why don't you obey God and got real with myself, because when you become a subject matter expert, yourself will say to yourself, because you don't trust me. Your, yourself will be real with you. Yourself will say, because you're not sure if God's going to come through. You don't really see God as a father. In reality, you still see kind of God as kind of like a hard taskmaster. And so sometimes you don't do it because you figure if you mess it up, he's going to punish you for it. But when you begin to deal with all of that stuff and get that stuff out of your life, putting your hand in God's hand become one of the easiest things you can do. 
You think about it. You take a little kid, right? A little toddler, right? And if that toddler loves you and trusts you, and you say, come here, and put your hand out, what they do? They just put their hand right in your hand. They have no idea where you're leading them. They have no idea where you're taking them. That, that is how little kids, sadly, get taken sometimes because they're so trusting. Somebody puts their hand out, they put their hand in it. God said, I need you to be that trusting of me. And as I started putting my hand in God's hand, I'm telling you, there, my life just started changing. This ministry started changing. Everything about everything connected with me started changing when I when I when I dug up some of that stuff in my life that caused me to pause or to not obey God. Well, and I think it's so interesting because he didn't say it the same thing way to us. But what he said to me is I want to reintroduce you to yourself mm. because you were born to trust me. Mm. You were born to fuck mm. with me. Right. Mm. And what I and really it's the same journey I learned. That the more I knew myself and the more I knew him, then I didn't have to force myself to obey him. Obedience just became the thing to do mm. because it's like he's so good. And it's the same thing with marriage. I trust you so much more now than I did when I first met you. Mm -hmm. If you say to me, babe, come do this or babe, I need you to do this. I'm going to do it because I trust your heart mm -hmm. for me. So in truth, when I'm not obeying God. It is really because something has been planted in my heart that doesn't trust that his, his heart for me. Yep. And it doesn't matter how it got there. What matters is that I get it out yep. because somewhere I believe God didn't pick me. Yep. I believe God can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. I believe God isn't for me. And here's the here is the convoluted thing for many of us trying to love someone we don't trust mm. so yes god i love you that's why i can worship and cry oh god i love you you're so amazing and then that's also why i struggle when you tell me to do something mm -hmm. because i love you but i don't really trust your love towards mm -hmm. me i don't trust that you will take care of me and that kind of love is not what the bible calls perfected love that's why the bible says perfect love casts what out fear fear out of doors it kicks it out it casts out all fear the reason you can love god but still be fearful of the things he tells us is because we haven't perfected that love because it is not a complete love it is a love i love you enough that you save me i love you enough uh, that you can get me something when i need it if i'm in a desperate spot but i don't love you enough to trust you a hundred percent that when you say no and i think it's good i pick what you say rather than what i want and that's where it becomes difficult. And that's because I really don't know how much you love me. Yeah. Because most of us are trying to love God out of our own selves mm -hmm. instead of a revelation yes. of how much he loves us. Absolutely. Because there is no way in the world that I know how much God loves me and I'm afraid to follow him anywhere. Yeah. But, but, he, but here is the promise that he makes. If we will get to that level, I want you to Isaiah 62 and 8. Isaiah 62 and 8. Let's look at Isaiah 62 and amplify. It says, The Lord has sworn an oath by his right hand and by his mighty arm. He says, I will never again give your grain. Now, watch this as food for your enemies. Don't miss this. He says, If you will place your right hand in my hand, he says, I swear by myself, there is no name greater. He says, I make an oath. 
He says that by my own right hand, I will never again give your grain. What belongs to Sean will never again be given to the enemy. He says, nor will any invading foreigners, anything external, anything the enemy sends your way, not no devil, not no imp, nothing. He says, nothing sent your way will it ever drink your new wine for which you have labored. In other words, whatever you've gotten because you've obeyed God, it is untouchable. It is untouchable. If I so so if I so what if I get the husband or the wife the way God said it's untouchable. I get the job the way God said it's untouchable. I get the family the way God said it's untouchable. My healing comes the way God said it's untouchable. He says no foreigner, nothing assigned to you outside of what I have assigned can touch you. He said, and trust and believe, you put your hand in my hand. He says, never again will the enemy eat what belongs to you. When I, when I, I literally, I literally did a lap downstairs <laughs> around the couch and the TV area right there, that little sofa. I just, I just literally jogged around there. Do you know what kind of promise that is? Why would I not want to trust God? Why would I not want to give him everything that is within me? Forget a degree. Forget a, 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 a connection. Forget my intellect. I want to put my hand in God's hand because when my hand is there, everything that belongs to me, he says, nobody else can come and get it. Nobody else can come and get it. And it's so good. And I'm going to read one more scripture and I'll let you do what you want to do. I want to look at Psalms 118 and 15. <laughs> Psalms 118 and 15. Look at what it says. It says, the voice of rejoicing and salvation, deliverance, is in the tenets of the righteous because the right hand of the Lord has done valiantly. Now that sounds good, but I had to read. I was like, that sounds good, but that means something. So I went to the message translation and I want you to see this in the message translation. It says, hear the shouts, hear the triumphant songs in the camp of the saved. Praise God. Everybody who's saved ought to give God some praise. You ought to give God some, as Chris says, you ought to give God some hearts, some fire, some emojis, something. He says, hear the shouts. Hear the triumphant songs in the camp of the saved. It says, the hand of God has turned the tide. The hand of God is raised in victory. The hand of God has turned the tide. In other words, roll, tide, roll. No, not no, Alabama. No, 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 I'm not talking no, about Alabama. No, no, no. You had me. You had me. <laughs> not Alabama. He just said he, he's turned the tide. He, he has flipped the switch. <laughs> Praise God. But he, yes, he no. has turned it. You see how quick you can get caught. But look here. But this is what this is what I heard when you read this. There are some people right now who are making a decision mm. to come out of disobedience. Mm. And some of the things that God is going to have you to do, they're going to seem hard. They're going to seem difficult. But put that scripture back up because here's what's going to happen when you come back home. You are going to shout and sing triumphant, triumphant songs, songs because the Lord has turned the tie. Mm. It's the our year of great progress. It's the year. The, it's the year of great progress. Those of us, every mm. area that we bring into obedience and agreement with God, my God, we will see Him turn the top. Mm -hmm. We will. The hand of God 
has turned the tide. And I don't know about you, but that it really does. It makes me want to cry. God is so gracious that even when we have ended up in junk because of our own disobedience, our own stubbornness, our own rebellion, literally, he's just looking for someone to say, I'm coming home. And the moment you come home, things start turning in your favor. He said, you're going to sing a new song. You're going to sing a, a triumphant new, a song. A triumphant because song. Because why? Because God has turned the tide. Because God has turned the tide. He has lifted your arms in victory. I think about a boxing match. And, and, and at the end of the end of the boxing match, if it goes to distance and nobody knocks anybody out, the referee's standing there with his hand and both persons' hands. Both hands don't get raised. Only the winner's hand get raised. God said, if you put your hand in my hand, I'll always raise it to victory. I'll always raise your hand to victory. I will always cause you to triumph because there is power in my right hand. Listen, I want to read this one too. Psalms 21 and 8. Psalms 21, 8 through 12. I got to read it. Psalms 21, 8 through 12. Here's what it says. It says, with a fistful of enemies in one hand, <laughs> and a fistful of haters in the other. I ain't making this up. You can read this out the message translation. He says, you radiate with such brilliance that they cringe as before a furnace. He says, and now the furnace swallows them whole. The fire eats them alive. This is what happens when your hand is in God's hands. He says, you, Lord, purge the earth with their descendants. You wipe the slate clean. All of their evil schemes, that's why I like the scripture you read about schemers, all of their evil schemes, the plots that they cook up, they have fizzled, every single one of them. You, Lord, sent them packing. They couldn't face you. That is what happens when you keep your hand in the hands of God. It's 11 o'clock. No, read that right there, though. (laughs) It says, there are many people close to you. People in your family, circle, at the office, and God forbid, even in the church, that they hate you and they don't even know why they hate you. But if you don't know them and you really shouldn't be caring about them, all you got to do is just do the next right thing. And as much as it lies in you to live peacefully with all men, do that. Do that. Because I'm telling you, you don't have to try to roll up your sleeves and fight everything coming your way in this season. God has already prepared us for 2022. He's already told us where our hand needs to be. And he's already told us what the results of that's going to be. What is it going to be? That we're going to be blessed? That for every situation we face, we're going to be what? Ready? Ready? And in and out of every situation, what happens? We win. We are blessed. We are ready. And we win. Lord Jesus. Listen, mm. I don't know about y'all, but this message really blessed me. And I had the notes, but you preached this way better than the notes were. Like, listen, you you preached this thing. And I just hope that every person who's watching and will watching will watch that you are making a decision, man. I'm all in with God. Yes. I'm all in with God so I can see his right hand be strong on my behalf. Man, I'm walking away from stubbornness and disobedience. I'm walking away from lies that God isn't for me. Man, I'm telling you, I hope that that will be your heart. And so if anybody is like, I'm I'm not talking about like you was out, you know, 
in singing last night. But if you're like, you know what, I'm leveling up my obedience yes. to the Lord to this year. Just say that. Say I'm, I'm, le leveling I'm, I'm leveling up Come my on, intimacy it's, it's with the Lord. It's 120 of you guys. Say I'm leveling up. I'm leveling up this year. And I'm going to ask you to do something that we typically do, but 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 we kind of do it at the end. While they're still on here, I want you to pray over the people of God. I want you to pray two things for them, if you don't mind. I want you to pray, number one, that they don't become the Pharaohs, this blocking the things from their life, or that they have to be dealt with because they're doing things that are disobedient. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to pray that anything in their life that's been blocking them is dealt with. Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving, and we thank you for this word today. Lord, this word is such an example about how the word is sharper than two-edged, yes. any two-edged sword, and it cuts and it divides. And there's so many things that we saw today. But one of the things, Lord, is that we don't want to be people who have any dealings like Pharaoh. Mm. We don't want to be people that there has to be any way that you deal with us or we get consequences because of our treatment, our covenants with the enemy or our treatments of other people. Mm -hmm. So, Father, we ask that you will forgive us. We ask you to forgive us for any Pharaoh-like tendencies. Anytime that we have tried to be God over you, anytime that we have tried yes. to exalt, exalt our own will, anytime that we have justified our disobedience, our rebellion, and our stubbornness, we repent for that right now in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we ask to be severed and cut free from that. Our allegiance is to you. Our obedience is to you. Yes. The honor belongs to you. Our hearts belong to you. And so, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that now that we have repented, yes. anything that is in our life that is not from you, any plot and plan of Lord any God. person, any satanic attack, any scheme, Lord, that they be brought to nothing, that they be made ashes in, mm, the, name in the name of Jesus. And then lastly, Father, I pray that you would protect our hearts and help us to guard our own hearts against offense, offense toward you and offense toward other people that we commit that we will live this year moving forward and that we will choose to obey, to forgive, to love, mm. to give, and to live yes. a righteous life so that we can continually mm -hmm. experience your right hand. Now, finally, Father, I pray for restoration for all of the things that we lost because of our own disobedience and all of the things we lost because of the scheming and the plots of the enemy. We declare that this is a year that we will sing good songs new songs because you have turned the tide and we thank you for it now in jesus name in amen jesus name.